Good evening and welcome to the Voices in Recovery podcast, brought to you by the Freedom's Path Recovery Society. We are not affiliated with any 12-step fellowship, nor do we wish to propose only one solution. We understand how different solutions can greatly increase an individual's chance of survival. We hope to illuminate some of the recovery process by sharing as many human stories as we can. Why, you might ask, to show that we can and do build stable lives from a former state of chaos, desperation, and hopelessness. Our stories become our strength. Please remember that any and all opinions shared and heard are those of the individuals and not a reflection of Freedom's Path Recovery Society or any other entity. So regardless of how crappy or wonderful our opinions might be to you, they still remain opinions, nothing more. You might hear swearing adult themes and situations, as well as the tragedies humans face and walk through every day. It is not suitable for children unless they are accompanied by a parent or guardian or have the explicit permission of those individuals. Were we already recording? I love it. (laughs) I love it. So now people are thinking, what were they talking about? What we were talking about was like Tom and Jerry. That's what we're talking about. Now you have to figure out how to relate that to what we were talking about. I grew up on it. Black I know, and me white. too. It it black and white Tom and Jerry? Because, uh, we didn't have color TV, yeah. so it was black and white. So that was my Sunday treat. Right. Nice. Tom and Jerry. So tonight we're talking to Magda, as I like to call her, Magdalena. Um, and yeah, take it away, Magda. Tell us about yourself. Tell us your story. Because all I can say is Magda's awesome. <laughs> Seriously, you. she's fucking awesome. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. So... Actually, on my Monday is my 56th birthday. Monday is? Yeah. Well, happy Mother's Day and birthday. Yeah, 56. And that scares, like, because in my head I'm, like, 12. So Yeah. So. That's what I think of you, too, if it makes any difference. <laughs> I think of you as a, a young girl about 12 to 16. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that way. Yeah. Um, so, it's really hard to say where it all started and when was this idea that um, my addictive personality and all the addiction to alcohol manifested itself. I think 2005 was my breakthrough year, Mm. my absolute the worst year of my life. But it wasn't because everything came to the point of total breakdown, Mm -hmm. right? My marriage broke down, my car broke down, my life totally fell apart. And then I couldn't, I didn't know who I was. I went to this grocery store and I felt like, I don't know what I like to eat. I don't know what's my favorite food. I don't know what I like to watch on TV. I don't know what sports I like. I didn't know anything about me. And I was 2005, whatever, Mm. 30-something, 40, 40, I guess. And it was discovery. But one thing I knew that I loved smoking cigarettes and I loved having my wine. Mm. So that was like my, I lost about, I was weighing about 42 kilograms. So it's like not even 100 pounds. Mm, Wow. And everything I did was just manipulate my work, everything to just get home, isolate and just uh, bring my wine. And Rob was already in Calgary because he moved after high school here. 
And um, for two years, I was just existing. Like, really, there was nothing there. And and that was hard because I thought it was just, I was lost. I was totally lost. And then, of course, when you drink alone, you have your wine, you think about all the instead of looking forward to the future and beautiful future that I have now, uh, I saw everything like I was thinking backwards, like mm-hmm. to my childhood, to my mom, to my first husband, to what I've done wrong in my life. And there was nothing positive. Everything about me was just failure. Doesn't matter that I moved to a new country when I was 18. Doesn't matter that I spoke two lang- like more languages. Doesn't matter that I got my master's degree. It didn't matter anything because I was total loser. And uh, I think that was the hardest part to get over. But I had tons of um, help and uh, tons of help to resolve that issue because... I needed it. I needed it because living, thinking about myself as the worst possible human being, the worst wife, the worst mother, the worst daughter, the worst sister is no living. It was just total draining my emotional and my physical health. And I got friends that time around 2005 that were like, going to the movies a lot, drinking a lot. And basically we work just to go to the movies and drink and just play around and not to care about anybody or anything. And that was really cool, but it wasn't. So I grew up in Poland. My parents were very unusual. My mom and that they unusual uh, in lots of ways, and uh, they they were the first parents that divorced when I was about six, but they lived together for two or three years because my dad couldn't find the apartment, or <clears throat> four years, and it was uh, that time that they were like first parents that divorced in my school, mm-hmm. so I was like bullied galore like Mm. oh your parents are beating you up you know all the nastiness that kids can come up with Mm. they just boom so i go the i was completely broken and they sent me off to school Mm. they sent me to study to be in the mountains have private classes and it was really 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 important because um those people they're cared they didn't they were not judging me by my parents they were not they were just there for me and through all of this my rock were my grandparents my grandma and my grandpa on my dad's side Mm -hmm. they they basically brought me up because my mom when she had me she was still at the university they were married young they loved to play bridge going out dancing you know Mm -hmm. very so i was like and my grandparents were the best teachers of love, care, um, compassion, understanding. And for some reason, whatever they taught me, somewhere along along the way, I just completely lost it. 
it took me a long time to understand that I still have that inside me and I really want it back. Mm. And my marriage, hmm, you should never marry somebody who doesn't love you. Mm. You should never marry somebody whose parents say you cannot marry her because she's going to ruin your life. And uh, <laughs> you should never marry a person who just doesn't care about you, mm. you know? And just because... I was pregnant and had my child doesn't like it's not a reason to get married that was the worst possible reason um he was not a nice person because he didn't love me he didn't like me so there was lots of drinking there was lots of arguments there was lots of fights there was lots of um throwing me down the stairs and that kind of things that um they were not very pleasant and of course we got married and he was like having a first left right and center from almost the day we got married so I mean I knew it and the funny thing is it's not really funny I stayed because I thought that if I love both of us enough that will be enough right Mm -hmm. because having family that was my main objective in life I'm not gonna be like my parents I'm gonna fight for whatever reason for my family we're gonna stay together no matter what don't get me wrong I had really great time we lived in South Africa we lived in Botswana in Egypt in England in Netherlands like I traveled the world Mm -hmm. but that was just geography Mm -hmm. nothing happened same thing happened in Ottawa same thing happened in Cairo, same thing happened in Botswana. It's just different um, geography. So, yeah, drinking was part of our lives. And we had friends who drank a lot. And it was just, but I was like taking her up to school. Like I had figured out way to drink without interrupting his life. Mm-hmm. So it was like my work, his school, this and that, his soccer, his... Uh, whatever, driving everybody around, and then I would drink at home at night. So, um, but then I never missed work because of drinking. I never missed anything. Like I was so functioning Mm -hmm. and everything was so organized. Like I had everything so organized. So just in case I'm um, drinking too much or whatever, I know exactly how to do the lunch, the breakfast, everything was just, but I wasn't really paying attention to what was more important. I wasn't paying attention um, to how Rob felt and uh, what he really needed. Mm -hmm. And he didn't need mother to drive him around the town to all these activities. He needed a mom who said, no, you cannot do that. Mm -hmm. Or this is not like, I thought that I was the best friend to him and his old friends. But uh, I don't know. Sometimes I think that I screw him up so bad that it's bad. You know, it's, it's not my, uh, it's not my life. It's his. So I hope he he got some good stuff but it was mm-hmm. it was it was really i wasn't prepared to have a kid when i was 22 i wasn't i didn't know what to do with him i i thought that he was just like i didn't know and <clears throat> it was hard because i thought that i was doing everything right and then in the retrospect i said my 
gosh, why was I so bad? Why did I yell at him? Why did I scream at him? Why did I do this, that? And all those things just came back between the 2005 and 2007. I was like the worst mother, of course. And uh, and then for some reason, we came. Um, so I met Chris, like Rob was um, in Calgary. I he had his issues and I was so blind to it and I guess that's my biggest kind of you know when your hair stand all over your body mm-hmm. because you don't oh my gosh how could I not see this what have I done it's all my fault and it's like I know it's not now but I didn't know then and it's uh, it's a pretty big heavy load to carry mm-hmm. you know everything is your fault your parents divorced because of you. Your grandparents died because of you. Your marriage collapsed because of you. Like every like what an ego. It has nothing to do with me. Like mm. people die because they die. People get divorced because they cannot stand each other. No, it was all my fault because I was never good enough. Mm. So and I was told that by my husband so many first husband so many times that I'm, I don't speak eloquently enough I don't dress properly I don't have enough this and that I was never good enough so when you kind of figure out I'm not good enough so what's the point and um my mom was another person that um that was really strong character and and she was number one in her life so I was a little maid kind of cook whatever she needed and she was very her she was very aggressive let's put it this way her temper was very short so if she didn't like something she was exploding like throwing frying pans hitting head against the kitchen cabinets like not but when she was okay but she wasn't drinking much like she was normal like she could have glass of wine and she was never upset or whatever it was when in her some days she was just nuts and so that was really like I was looking at some of my, my oh, and my mom was so cool. She was a journalist, right? Everybody, all my friends love her because she was this skinny, fashionable, tall woman with great hair, always, you know, traveling, having exciting life, never leaving me home by myself, trusting me this. And all my friends were thought, oh my gosh, your mom is great. And the only thing I wanted to say to them, like, but you have mom that makes breakfast, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? You have mom that gives you lunch to school. You have mom who actually does groceries. And when you come home, you open the fridge and there's actual food in the fridge, you know? So it was kind of like double life in a way because I didn't know how to tell them this is just, you know, one part of life. Mm -hmm. And I kept tons of things for myself. Like I never shared it because how can I say that? And then my dad's house with my sister was another story. Uh, He was very, he would go to church every Sunday and this and that. And he would come home and he would like yell at everybody, scream at everybody like, oh my gosh, it was just a circus there, like really mm-hmm. circus. And I'm kind of coming What was from, he screaming at you about? Oh, he was screaming about clothes on the chair, mm. floor not being vacuumed. He would take his wife's clothes that were on the, let's say, 
chair and he would throw them from the balcony because it was a mess and this and that. So I was coming from one circus to another circus. Wow. So I would escape to my grandparents because it was peaceful. Mm. And then I learned that the sport is really cool way to avoid things. So mm. I started going to ski club and I would spend all Christmas Easter's every single holiday skiing because I didn't have to be in the middle of that circus. Mm-hmm. So I've learned to avoid. So I avoided how I was feeling. I avoided talking to them. I was like, because every time I would say, mom, I don't want to go to that. Oh, you have to go to that because my boyfriend is coming. My mom was married a few times. So that's really not cool. Mm-hmm. Like it's cool for her, but it wasn't, it wasn't really cool. <laughs> and um, wasn't so cool for you probably. Not cool at all. Yeah. No, there was actually one guy who was really honest. She was so in love with him. And he was the most honest person. And I wish men would be honest like this because I was about five or six. They were already divorced and she was going out with him. And he told her that uh, he will not, he loves her, but he will not marry her because he doesn't think he can be a good stepdad to me. He doesn't have enough love to give and he doesn't know if he could ever love me as Mm -hmm. his daughter or whatever oh boy when he told her that that was honest and brutal Mm -hmm. but boy was she in a good mood after that Mm. she took it out on me because i was the reason this guy didn't want to get married Mm -hmm. so that was like whoops Mm -hmm. and uh But it's just like I talk about it and I'm not getting emotional about this anymore. I'm looking at it and I'm thinking like this is like sitcom sometimes. You know, my family was like a total sitcom and total TV shows. But on the other hand, if we if I was growing up in Canada with this situation in Poland, I wouldn't be allowed to be with my parents. Like they, I would be taken away and probably put with my grandparents because I don't think that emotional, physical, and this stressful life for a kid who has to take responsibility of adults is mm-hmm. acceptable. And uh, so, yeah, that was fun. Uh, what was I talking about? And anyway, so. I finally was able to leave Poland in 82 during the martial law. Mm-hmm. So I was really Martial like, law? What was that? Yeah. I don't know anything about that. It was December 13, 1982. What happened? The, the um, army took over. Oh. And uh, so the schools were closed. We had uh, uh, hours that we had to be home. There was like no TV, no radio, like nothing. And there was like army, not even army. That was a trained police, like mm-hmm. it's called Zoma. Anyway, so it was really hurtful to see the tanks on the streets. Mm-hmm. We couldn't travel from one city to another. They took away our ability to travel abroad. And, um, and that time, my mom was in Mexico with her back then husband. So I was left alone and that was not fun. But I had to finish high school. So You must have been scared though. Uh, you know what? I was scared. I was afraid. I didn't know what would happen because my plan was that in May after I graduate um, high school, I'll mm. go join my mom to Mexico and then we'll decide what we have to do. Mm. 
So, but May was 83 and martial law is a December 1382. So what do I do? So I passed my high school. I did my exams. Um, and then I waited and waited and I fell in love for the first time. And I waited and I waited. Uh, he was gorgeous, like blonde, curly hair, blue eyes, just Ooh, dream. Like an Adonis. Oh, dream, eh? dream. Anyway, <laughs> so we went camping. <laughs> and uh, so I was, and and then I waited till the end. My grandfather died in mm. September, and the next day I got passport and visa and ticket to go to Mexico. So I basically left. I was here next in two days I was in Mexico. So, but it was a long wait and, but fun. I had fun. Mm -hmm. That was fun wait. And uh, so I went to Mexico and uh, had to say goodbye. And that was the only person that, that, there were two people that I really had hard time saying goodbye. And that I didn't, See, that's the point. I was going, and in high school, I didn't smoke. I didn't drink. I, mm -hmm. I had, like, I had normal grades. Like, I had good grades from what, but I was just, like, everybody around me was smoking and drinking and having, mm -hmm. and I was like, no, no, no. So, um, so Mexico, yeah, it was fun. That's when I learned to drink, drink whiskey, uh, not, not whiskey, tequila and some beer. So... But I came to Canada, went to to Ottawa, went to university, felt a little bit completely out of my element. I didn't know anybody, didn't. So I met my husband and I just lynched like, you mine, you're going to be mine. I need somebody in my life. Mm -hmm. So and then Rob was born and uh, finished university. But that was uh, that was when the I guess we partied hard and drank hard and Rob traveled a lot. We traveled a lot and it wasn't happy. It wasn't happy. It wasn't, um, it wasn't right. But I know that now I didn't know it then. So lesson learned. So in 2005, he was going back to Botswana and I was driving him from Ottawa to Montreal the airport and my car broke not broke but had three flat tires at mm. once and he was talking something and this and that and I just remember kicking the car and telling him to get his things and get the fuck out of my life mm. and uh, next time I saw him was at Rob's wedding mm. and uh, it was okay it was a long time ago yeah. And and then I started to discovering what I don't know, what I can't, like, whatever. And then I met Chris in 2007, and he kind of brought me to Calgary. Yeah. I don't know if I should thank him for that. <laughs> I still have no idea. Well, we'll thank him for that. And uh, in 2008, I joined... 2008? No. What year is it? 2011? Eight years, nine or whatever. 2011, I joined AA, mm -hmm. three weeks after Rob. And uh, that was the scariest and the best thing I could have done for myself. Mm -hmm. Because, uh, oh my gosh, but 
it was month month before when Rob joined and I don't I don't know if I can tell that but that month the few days before he like it was heartbreaking I never felt so useless as a mother like why didn't I know what's going on and we came so close to losing him and thank goodness um he 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 told us me and Chris the truth and Chris right away knew what to do for some reason the same day he was at the meeting next day this like it was just amazing and then I found out that if he were to stay with us and I have to clean up my drinking Mm -hmm. um, uh, because I drank a lot maybe I didn't drink every day but when I drank I drank a lot Mm -hmm. and it wasn't good and it wasn't funny because I would be very, I was thrower and very aggressive. So I would throw tomatoes. People laugh at this, but I was throwing fruits at people and chairs and kicking chairs. And I was like out of control because I was always in a bad mood when I was drinking. I was never happy. Mm-hmm. I was always like drinking equal uh, mm-hmm. argument, this awful arguments, fights and everything. And I came to the point that it wasn't worth it. It wasn't worth it. Mm-hmm. And uh, and mm-hmm. so, yeah, the guilt. And I've learned, like, the guilt. Why didn't I see this? Why, why, why wasn't I aware that my child is suffering and this? And that was really the hardest part. But that made the decision to join AA and and be part of recovery group uh, that much easier. <clears throat> I never, like people say, they <clears throat> come and they scared and this and that. I wasn't scared. I just was scared what I can. I feared that I will find myself and I won't like it. But I already didn't like myself. So I could go only go up. I couldn't go, you know, <laughs> lower. Like I cannot yeah. hate myself even more. And it's really funny because, no, it's not funny. Uh, it's interesting because I was in a great relationship with a person that absolutely loves, adores me and would do anything for me. And I was sabotaging it. Like I sabotaged everything because I don't deserve this. Be, be, be learning that I, it's okay to be me. It's okay to speak my mind. It's okay to be... The way I am took me such a long time. I think that was the hardest thing that I'm okay with me. You know, without alcohol, without... I never did drugs. Like, I smoked marijuana marijuana cigarette once in my life. And that was the worst experience of my life. Like, I was like... Oh, it just... Oh, it was terrible. Terrible, terrible. I thought I'm going to die. So you got high then. I got high on yeah. top of like, I it was above high, high. I was like paranoia <laughs> high. It was just like crazy. I was so not cool with it. Mm. I got scared. And I was sitting in the bathtub and I thought that I'm going to drown. Like I th- physically thought that I'm going to just drown. Put my. It was terrible. That sounds like really good shit though. Yeah. <laughs> I won't tell you who gave me. <laughs> but it was, but it... <clears throat> 
it's just like crazy. It was just like, no, never again. It's just once. And I wish I had that with alcohol once and it was just like over and no done doubt. with me because that thing was strong. Yeah. And I had it because I had a friend, she was dying of cancer mm -hmm. and I had that stuff in the house for her to help her with pain and mm -hmm. everything and yeah. stuff. So, yeah, she didn't like, she had, I don't think I gave it to her ever, no. but I think uh, that was really scary experience. Like, mm -hmm. I remember shaking after, it's like, I don't, it's like, it was so bad. Mm -hmm. And um, I never did hard drugs either. So my guilty pleasure and was just wine. I love wine. I loved wine in the morning on Sundays. I diluted with orange juice because of sparkling wine and this and that. Mm -hmm. Like I could live on wine. So that was my like it's fancy when you mix it with orange juice. Yeah, champagne yeah. or stuff, but it's totally, it's totally but not six o'clock in the morning. <laughs> or <laughs> five o'clock on Tuesday. Yeah. yeah. No, no. I had I was very organized alcoholic. I had those things on Saturday, Sundays and the day that I wasn't working. Mm -hmm. when I was working and then I started working by for myself and on call. And on demand, so I had the days off. So that was my, you know, mm -hmm. go-to between work. And uh, I don't know, it just seems so far away now. It seems like I'm talking about it and it feels like I'm talking about somebody else. Mm -hmm. It just, it, I don't have any, like... It's a past and it's so weird to talking about past because I dealt with it. I'm okay mm -hmm. with it. I moved from that. I don't blame my parents for anything, you know. Yeah. I'm adult. My parents they they had their own lives. It's not it's just so weird to talk about this now because mm -hmm. it's just like it's gone. It's done. It's uh, I'm on different like it seems so like a, a life. Right? Yeah, it seems yeah. like a totally different life, mm -hmm. you know. And it's totally, it's like, oh my gosh. And so, yeah, your ex-husband threw you out and you lost down the stairs and you lost the baby and this and that. And But I just don't, like, I talked about it, I dealt with it, and it just seems not important. It doesn't cloud my judgment anymore. Mm -hmm. I'm not scared anymore. I'm not afraid to help somebody who went through the same situation. I think that's the main thing. If somebody kicks you down the stairs and you lost baby and this and that, I know how you feel. Mm -hmm. But I will just, and it's just such a switch from poor, poor me, I am mm -hmm. victim and this and that to somebody who is like, it happened, you dealt with it, you had mm -hmm. tons of help and everything else, but just... Help somebody else deal with it. Not many a, people. Yeah. Not many people think like, ah, uh, you know that David. One year, four years ago, my mom passed away, and two of my best friends, and that was the hardest year ever. And then when I um, hear about moms dying, and and thank goodness I was in recovery, mm -hmm. and I was like so strong, and you helped me tremendously, and it was just. So, and when people going through 
death of their moms and especially that's mother's day and we all remember moms and this and that Mm -hmm. and it's just such a you cannot give advice on that everybody you told me that everybody grieves in different ways and it takes time you just can give sometimes you can you can do is give hug and say Mm -hmm. i'm here if you need to talk and the grief is tremendous like i had like my mom my friend kashka and then eva and i broke down when eva died Mm -hmm. the last one like i went like on my knees i could not take it anymore because i grew up with them she was Mm -hmm. my best friend since i was six years old so it was just like and then i cried cried for my mom for kashka for Mm -hmm. everybody right but Nobody could tell me, like, feel better. No, I won't feel better. I want to cry. I want to stay in bed and read books and drink coffee all day. Leave me alone. Like, it's just sometimes people, it's so hard. It's so personal. Mm -hmm. The grief is so personal. And it takes so many turns. There is uh, forget-me-not. There is a flower, forget me not. It's my favorite flower. And every time I look at it, it reminds me of my grandparents, of my grandma. But it's a good feeling. But it took such a long time to see around me things that remind me of my mom, grandma, my friends, that make me happy. Mm-hmm. You know, that it's just... And it's such a such a hard thing to go through death of the parent and yeah. friends especially it's just what was the key for you with your mom like i mean i know that's just so hard right like, um my oh, my mom and i we had really weird relationship mm-hmm. like she was here in canada then she moved back to poland and this and that key with my mom was um like with coping with that loss right? yeah coping with, yeah. i was i don't know what it was because i wasn't there Mm-hmm. I was in Canada, she was in Poland, and I got a phone call. Why is it that people can't, like, when there is a bad news, people always call no matter what time of day or night. Mm-hmm. But with good news, they wait for three to four days. Yeah. Like, why can't you call me at three o'clock in the morning with good news mm-hmm. and wait till six o'clock or seven o'clock? She's already dead. So come on, give me, like, I'm mm-hmm. not going to wake her up. I'm not Jesus Christ. She's not going to wake up. She's dead. <laughs> so can you wait like three hours? It's mm-hmm. just crazy. Sorry, that's my big. That's so, like, okay. But that's what grief does to different people, right? Yeah, like it just like, gets the brain. We, it doesn't work the same. No, it doesn't. Yeah, and uh, so I had to go. But I was really lucky because I just came back from Easter with my mom mm-hmm. from Poland. So we were visiting. We came back and 10 days later I was back because she passed away. Mm-hmm. But we knew that she was in a hospital for a bit because she fell down the stairs and there was something in her brain. But, mm-hmm. but she was already... Um, Partially uh, Parkinson's and Alzheimer's. Oh, I cannot ex- ex- pronounce that word. So <laughs> she was already losing weight and everything, and she was already sick, but the falling down the stairs was the... Mm-hmm. So uh, what was with my mom? With my mom, I was like, she's not suffering, but she messed up. She didn't do this. She didn't do that. Like, I was so mad at her for not doing like i wasn't mad that she passed away i was mad that she messed up all her affairs that the papers were not done properly that she left such a mess you know and then 
it was just like I don't know. And then finally one day I it just came and I just said, okay, you are somewhere. Hopefully you are happy having tea with every, all your you know mm-hmm. relatives that passed before you. And you just bossing them around like you were bossing everybody here. Mm-hmm. So like you in heaven. So it just, it just came. It just like, it took time, but it just went like, okay. Mm-hmm. And it just, it, I cannot even explain how it was because I remember her birthdays. I remember the day she passed away. Mm-hmm. Like I try to acknowledge it, but it's not because I'm, I don't know. It just—it feels like she's here, but she's not here because mm-hmm. I—it's maybe it's easier because I really did not see her that often. Mm-hmm. Because if I was in Canada, I was in Ottawa. She was in Fort McMurray or Hardesty or Calgary. When I was in Calgary, she was already back in. So mm-hmm. I was not with her every day. Oh, that's another guilt trip. Because mm-hmm. if I was there, if she would stay in Canada, if she had proper care, and if I was better daughter, blah, 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 mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. That's BS. That's mm-hmm. completely because it is what it is. And like, it would have happened anywhere. Yeah. Like, so yeah, that, and with my mom, it was just like, it came very slow. Mm-hmm. It took me months to, as I said, I did not cry till Eva passed away. And then I mm-hmm. cried for three of them. It took me a long time to, and I was lost. Like I, I didn't know how to be daughter without mom. Mm-hmm. It's like, how can I, it's like, but then I tried to be very respectful and I tried to be very honest about this because, um, I am falling apart in a way like, you know, it's not, it wouldn't give, it wasn't me. I could, like, it wasn't me. Some people do cry, get, you know, screaming and and he's almost hysterical and they fall apart and this. Mm -hmm. For me, I wanted to do it gracefully. I want to deal with my mom's passing and death with grace, with dignity and Mm -hmm. with giving her the... um, remember her as a great person as a person who who was so out of this world she was so ahead of her time so Mm -hmm. she was like totally like poland 60s 70s whoa she was out there but um (laughs) but i want to remember that i want to remember how she was with her friends how they Mm -hmm. gossiped how they were talking and you know i was a little girl sitting in my room listening and i knew all about their boyfriends, girl, you know, girlfriends, children, whatever. It was so much fun mm-hmm. because she was very social. She had friends and they were stopped by. And this, so I want to remember that about her, mm-hmm. you know. I don't want to remember the yelling and screaming, and but I did for a long time. That mm-hmm. was the first thing when she passed away. I had only negativity about her. Yeah. And I guess I had to talk about, I had to get it out and be so open about it with all the help that I was getting that it's normal to feel that. Like I finally realized it's normal because it's my mom, my grief. It's nobody else's. Nobody can tell me how to grieve or Mm -hmm. how to do things. I have to go through this by myself. And I don't know. I just wanted to to give her this um, 
respect. Hmm. Really, it was respect because I don't. She was she was always telling us, me, Rob, Chris, and all the family. When I when I die, please don't cry. Please don't cry. So it was like I'm. I'm. You guys have to be happy. You have to go with your life and this and don't cry. So at her funeral, when the priest was blessing her ashes and everything, mm-hmm. he had the, I don't know how to call it, blessing brush, whatever, the blessing Oh, thing. I don't know what it's called either. Whatever. He had the it's, tickle feather thing. Yeah. Like the, it, it was so wet of uh, holy water. Yeah. When he spar- like blessed, it we like we started laughing because we were dripping in the water <laughs> and it was just like so funny you know it's Polish nice that you both got saved the same, same day yeah <laughs> <laughs> exactly but it's just like catholic church poland old ser- old cemetery old mm. church everybody's very you know sad and and very proper and all black and like stuff. an old school funeral old school funeral yeah and then me and Rob and Chris, we were just laughing because we just got so wet because he's like, <laughs> but, and, and that's what I mean because after we talked and said she was, she, she wanted us to laugh. She mm. didn't want us to cry. She, she wanted us to make sure that we keep that promise that mm. she's, we, she always wanted us to love her. Think good about her and not to cry because mm. she's always in our hearts, no matter what. And um, that was a really funny funeral. Yeah, <laughs> all her friends came, like from university and high school, and all my friends from high school and you know primary school came. Like the the church was packed. I mm. didn't like people came from everywhere. I turned because you said your back is back to everybody else you turn around and it's like standing room only and i'm going like she would love that she's actress to the end you mm-hmm. know she's the center <laughs> of attention right on. but that's she, what she wanted so mm-hmm. and i'm getting better with that with her mm-hmm. i'm i'm getting better with that but i'm so glad that i was able to experience it like full all the feelings that, mm-hmm. that I wasn't numbing them with anything. Yeah. And same thing when my friends died. It was just not dealing with it, talking to other friends. And every time I go back, like when I was there last year, last time in October, or whatever, I went and put flowers and candles on their graves mm-hmm. because that's what, like, because I wanted to, not because I felt like have to, but I really wanted. And, and it was good. It was mm-hmm. really good. And uh, I I like doing that. Every time we go back to Poland, I always go to cemetery for my where my grandparents are buried, and uh, my mom's and mm. some of my friends. And I always leave flowers and candle mm, there. Nice. But I grew up with that tradition, right? Every mm-hmm. few months you go, you especially. Um, November 1st, right? Mm. It's an all same date, so everybody would go and put the flowers and, and, and candles and then cemetery at night looked beautiful because all mm-hmm. the candles, like, oh my gosh, and the smell was That's gorgeous. Cool. That was so beautiful. Yeah. But uh, so I grew up with going to, oh, I remember when I was little, my grandma took me to my first funeral, mm-hmm. and it was an open casket funeral. 
oh my gosh, I had nightmares after that. It I, was scary. I was just going to say that. So, I'm like, every time was, I do a funeral, I, I like I bite my fist thinking, please don't be an open casket funeral. Please. And then yeah. when when my friend in Ottawa died mm-hmm. and so we had she had open casket visitation and then there was a funeral mm-hmm. and the visit it's like one day to the, like why is it three days of visitation like why don't you visit somebody when they're alive like why mm-hmm. do you wait till to give them flowers and chocolates when they you know when they're alive why do you wait to give them when they're dead mm-hmm. i just like because well, then go, you can always keep the chocolates. Yeah, that's why. Yeah, I guess. <laughs> but uh, but I mean, it's nice to pay respect and mm. everything. But just yeah. in especially in Polish tradition, that drives me absolutely crazy. Not tradition, but in a way Polish. But people are they have a, like a thing about dead, right? When mm. p- somebody dies, he's bigger and like smart, like he's bigger than life, like. You can treat him like shit when he's alive, but when he's dead, he was the best uncle, best father, best this, mm-hmm. best that. Like he's made it to be a god or she, whatever. But during the lifetime, they were just not nice people or just regular people. Mm-hmm. And this like cult of dead people in Poland is just crazy. Oh, okay. So there's like a whole following of old dead people? No, it's just like everybody thinks when you're dead, you're more important. And like Mm. the stories about like, no, he didn't. No, 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 he didn't do that. He wasn't that great. Oh, he was fabulous husband. He cheated on you. You almost divorced him. How? Oh, he was the best husband, the best (laughs) dad, you know, best uncle. It's like stories. It's Mm. just crazy. It's just like so ridiculous. So, yeah. It's I think we're all like that, though. I think we all like pay. We don't pay attention until people are gone. Sometimes, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Maybe and not to that extent. That does sound pretty rowdy. It's just like everybody in every family. It's like maybe not ever my family. Mm-hmm. And like when somebody dies, you don't even say one bad word about that person. Mm-hmm. Like, no, he wasn't that. Like I had an uncle um, who lived in uh, Bellingham in Washington State, and he was my only living relative of my mom's side because both my parents both my mom's parents died during the war Mm. second war uh granddad died in auschwitz and Mm -hmm. grandma died during warsaw uprising so he was the only living relative Mm -hmm. and he wasn't that he was he loved rob he absolutely loved rob he was he's like whatever but he was not very nice man every mm-hmm. now and then. And when he passed away, my mom made saint out of him. Mm-hmm. And it's like, he wasn't saint. It's like, yeah. please. No, he's dead. You cannot say. It's, it's, no, he wasn't saint. He was just like the way he treated you. Like yeah. you, you forget. No, you have to speak good of dead, I guess. So. They take it literally, right? Yeah. Don't they, speak they, ill yeah, of the dead. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. The truth. Yeah. yeah. And that, that makes sense though. If you have a, like a, tradition or a culture that believes in the afterlife like heavily like and and lots of religious people do like yeah. that that can be a quite an influence yeah it could be but mm. Poland this 99.99.9099 catholic they yeah so, so they do have like that whole afterlife thing yeah. hanging over them yeah yeah so it's it's it was hard growing up um in that country it really was. I can't even imagine. It was because uh, it's like 
it's just amazing how much different it is now mm -hmm. it's just like whoa when it's it it was hard and my dad figured out that the best punishment when i was late or something he would send me to mass for six o'clock in the morning <laughs> so <clears throat> uh, i said like you want me to go as a punishment to mass? so i would go for six and i would sit and i would fall asleep so i would come nine ten and he was where were you and i said oh i was so bad i had to stay for four months <laughs> crazy but it's like if you want like that's that completely was opposite effect what he wanted because mm -hmm. if he wanted me to go to church and participate in catholic religion or whatever mm -hmm. don't send me to church as a punishment because yeah. it's gonna be always punishment so mm -hmm. as an adult i figure out the way to like you know, we meditate, you know, we travel a mm -hmm. lot to Buddhist countries like Tibet and Burma mm -hmm. and all of those places. So I found my own way of being Catholic mm -hmm. with a little bit of Buddhism and meditation. Yeah. Like I found my own way of, of uh, because I don't like church, Catholic church as an institution. Mm -hmm. Like I just can't stand what's going on there and mm -hmm. the politics and everything and their behavior and the way they treat uh, people. Mm -hmm. um, specifically children. Specifically yeah. children. Speci like I just learned today that in Poland, there's like thousands and thousands and thousands of kids who were abused by priests, mm -hmm. but they're saying it's only a few priests. So, I mean, 100 priests abused thousands and thousands and thousands like mm -hmm. it's so uncool it's so upsetting it's mm -hmm. just like oh the, it is very uncool though it is yeah. uh, it's just like you are there oh i just don't don't understand and i just i have a solution for it but it's i don't think it's legal but mm -hmm. it's just like cut off, their, <laughs> cut off their balls yeah. i mean like hang them on by the balls upside down and let them dry you know whatever hang their hang them upside down by the balls and let them i thought that's what you said i yeah. did not want to believe you said that so yeah. i was like did she just say that yep oh my god now i can picture the dude hanging upside down by yeah. the balls that's what they deserve yeah fair enough that's Fair my enough. opinion. Yeah. You asked me to talk, so yeah, I'm honest. Absolutely. And that's my opinion. And but it doesn't mean that I have but I have my right my own right mm -hmm. to believe what I want to of, believe. Oh, of course. I'm and, glad. I'm and glad. it's like uh, uh, adding Buddhism and meditation mm -hmm. and Zen and everything into believing something in angels, in mm -hmm. like Oh my gosh, it's just, life is so much easier. Mm -hmm. It's so much easier because that taught me to take day at a time. This is mm -hmm. like, yesterday was yesterday. If I messed up, I messed up. If I delivered flowers to the wrong person, mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but I didn't. But whatever, today yeah. I worked whole day with flowers. Like, how lucky am I? Mm -hmm. Like, how lucky am I to have cooler full of beautiful flowers and work whole day with flowers like and thank you for bringing flowers in by the way you're very welcome she showed up with a bouquet, bouquet and they were for me but of course we gave them to my mom because it's mother's day yeah and then magda even allowed us to play a little bit of a root like rub on mom and mm. say that it was from me and heather and yeah. magda 
obviously I'm coming clean. Like, it's just, thank you so much for that, Meg. They're beautiful. I know your mom adopts me. Yeah. yeah. She wants of me. Of course she She's, does. Your dad already adopted yeah. me, I think. He adopted you a while ago, I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah, I think so, yeah. So, t- speaking of the flowers, you got to spend do- your whole day doing that. Yeah. Tell us about your business. Um, Obviously, it's got to do with flowers, just so you guys yeah. know. Yeah. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. So, uh, I finally doing what I want to do. Mm-hmm. I finally found myself. I still do. Like, I'm a linguist doing accounts and taxes. And that's like really crazy combination mm-hmm. because linguist accountant. So I figure out what can I do to make my life even more beautiful. So I went to school for flower, flowers arrangements and mm-hmm. flower thing. And last August, I opened my own little flower business running from my basement they built me a cold room and they have this special table and oh boy and i worked in the warehouse flower warehouse for a bit to learn more how Mm -hmm. to take care of it so i've done i didn't jump in right away oh i want to make flowers like i went to school i took classes i went to mru then i worked in the warehouse Mm -hmm. i took tons of courses around city in different florists and and now I'm just doing my flowers. What's the I business would... called? Chris Mag's Floral Design. Chris Mag's Floral, Floral Design. It's Chris Toffer Magdalena. Yeah. It's Chris Max. So I like it. Yeah, we call each other Christmas ever. When we Christmas. send the Chris Max, sorry. <laughs> when we <clears throat> sign something like Christmas card or Easter card or birthday, mm-hmm. it's always Chris Max. So we figure out like, why not. What? That's perfect. Uh, yeah. And I didn't realize that you guys had like your own like Jennifer, um, Jen Affleck or Jen Lopez, Benifer. That's what it was called. We have our Christmas. You have your Christmas. I like I it. Have a, we have our Christmas. And uh, so celebrities aren't the only ones that can do no, it, you guys, because Christmas is pretty dope. Yeah, it is. And yeah. I think we're better than celebrities yeah. because we're real. Well, you're definitely better than <laughs> Benifer. Like Ben Affleck. Anything with Ben Affleck is just not going to be worth it. So. No. I'm just, and, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't know. He's got a couple of good movies. I'll give him a couple. That was a long, long time ago. Yeah. yeah. When he was young and pretty. Yeah. Jay and Silent Bob. Yeah. Uh, those kinds of movies. Yeah. Not yeah. that lately. It's like. Mm. Yeah. I guess he needs to make money. Yeah. He needs I, to pay his alimony, pet, whatever. Yeah. And all the other things he's got to do. I just, I don't, I don't see him as Batman. I'm having a hard time with that. No. Yeah. No. No. I can't get my I, head around it. You know, it's really funny. Uh, so, yeah, it's Chris Max because it's like, it's fun. And, mm-hmm. and, and you guys are super fun people, though. We'll be together 12 years in October. I oh, can't congrats. believe it. Like, what? Uh, yeah, we find, we do lots of things, fun things together. Like mm-hmm. we work hard, but we play really cool. Like we yeah. run together, you know, that we travel a lot. We mm-hmm. play badminton. We take star for a walks together. Like we spend lots of time together when we are, we have time mm-hmm. together. It's our time. And that's what I learned too, that just because you love somebody, it's not just, oh, I love you, blah, 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 blah. You have to... Really, and I like him. I really, mm-hmm. really like him. Yeah. We call each other attached to the hip, so mm-hmm. <laughs> kind of thing. And loving things to do together, it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I never had that. I never knew that you can do stuff together and, and have fun. Mm-hmm. Like, really, running together, 
it's great, you know. Well, it's running, so it can only be so good. Yeah, I know that, but <laughs> but it's not about running; it's about after yeah, and, and it's the time about together. The time together. Yeah, and I don't like running. No. I don't. I hate running. Yeah. I could have a shirt running. You know, it's like I'm slower than a turtle. I hate. I kind of assumed you really liked it. Actually, I hate it. Yeah. I wow. absolutely hate running. It's the worst thing ever. But it's the most shocking thing you've said all night. Really? Yeah. And I don't. But it just makes. But it makes us happy. Mm-hmm. It makes us happy. It doesn't make Chris happy. He knows I hate this. Everybody mm-hmm. knows I hate running. Well, now, I, now everybody like, does. You know, yeah. like in my family. Mm-hmm. So, um, but, but after a run, after half marathon or whatever, I feel so happy, you know. Mm-hmm. And when I run, I swear a lot. So <laughs> people can read your mouth. And when you go and go like, fuck this running shit. Fuck this running. I hate running. <laughs> People look at you like, why are you run? And I say, because I love my Chris, you know, yeah, and yeah. that's what it is. And he does the same thing when he plays badminton with yeah. me or whatever, little things. That's and so sweet, though. It's I'm glad. like, yeah, it's it's sweet. I never knew. You know, I, so I said some to somebody some, some time ago, I said something like, I never knew that it could be so easy. Like, love doesn't have to be hard. Mm-hmm. Like, when you love somebody, it's... It's not complicated. It's when you like fit and you know that it's like really, it's, it's, it's just easy. Mm-hmm. It's like we, our heads complicate yeah. things, right? It's yeah. our behavior and, and stuff like that. But it's so nice to be, it's like I, it's, it's just nice to be treated this way. It's yeah. so nice to be important, but it's, both ways right Mm -hmm. and chris works hard and we have this deal that when he's home i try to stay home so we Mm -hmm. spend as much time as possible and so it's nice and we love traveling together so and kung fu of course yeah of course you're always cooking or traveling or arranging flowers yeah or yeah yeah, doing sports or Or sports yeah yeah what a good life eh? yeah 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 it's it's a really nice life it's beyond imagination mm-hmm. it's <clears throat> it's beyond what i thought it could like when i was imagining for my first marriage and this and that i didn't imagine that mm-hmm. you know this is way beyond and above whatever should like it's it's crazy i feel like a teenager you know yeah. i feel like and i feel like i'm so blessed because Without Chris, uh, like he helped tremendously with the first few months and first six months with Rob, mm-hmm. right? He knew what to do. He, 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 he got him help that he really needed. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, then Nick, I have a stepson as well, Nicholas, mm-hmm. right? When Nicholas showed up after so many years of not seeing dad, it was another like, hard thing to do for sure but it's just we work together and it mm-hmm. all worked out it's just working together without even thinking that you're working mm-hmm. together it's scary thought i was talking about something and turns around chris turns around and he says exact words like at the same time we say the same thing it's just mm-hmm. crazy that's creepy it's creepy yeah, yeah. but yeah. but good creepy the, i mean it could be good creepy it's just i like like uh it's 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 really nice to 
get to that point, you know, with sobriety and with, uh, but with getting like wisdom, with getting older, mm. it's just so nice to just realize that today is the day and enjoy every moment of it, mm. like really enjoy it. Just don't like, what's the point of beating yourself? up about something yes there is discussion to be had about certain situation and thus you cannot avoid things mm -hmm. but be honest enjoy enjoy today like mm -hmm. grab every moment and it's just respect i, I so love like i so believe in respect of other people to other people mm -hmm. their anonymity they their personality their stories their they need to share, mm -hmm. like, and need to be themselves. I do, like, I believe, like, and grace. I mm -hmm. love grace. It's just so, like, oh, when people are graceful and respectful and just, and believe in, they light, you know, they mm -hmm. light on their feet, they light in their heads, they light in their tongues, you know? It's just like, I know sometimes I sound like a little kid or very childish or whatever, but I feel like there's nothing in this, like, yeah, I could talk about politics, but I won't. <laughs> I could talk about all the bad things in the world, but the only way I can change is change how I react to things, how I accept things and what I keep and what I give away mm -hmm. and what I don't even pay attention to, you know? It's, yeah. it's we all have our little things that we are passionate about mm -hmm. and uh, it's great. Yeah. It's fantastic. So, yeah. Well, thank you, Magdalena. You're welcome. Yeah. So you're, are you turning, you're turning eight this year? Yes, I am turning 13. Right. 13? 13, yeah. Oh, you're turning 13. Yeah, 13. Oh, fantastic. I, I think it's time to become a teenager. Yeah. Start teenage years. Nice. Yeah. Welcome to your teenage years. <laughs> yeah. Well, soon. Soon, Monday. Soon. Yeah. yeah. And so fun, Nicholas and Nicole are coming. Oh, Nicholas got engaged last week. Oh, really? Yeah. So he learned nothing from the other boy. No. I'm just kidding. <laughs> nothing. Zero. <laughs> nothing. Oh, shit. Nothing. That was a good one. I, w I hope Rob listens to that. Yeah. That was a good one. Right? Yeah. So he got engaged and they're coming tonight to mm -hmm. celebrate Mother's Day with me tomorrow because Rob and Nicholas had this tradition. Because Rob and Nicholas met when they were both adults, right? Mm -hmm. They they So, but they we have... Boys and I, we have little tradition. And one tradition is take my little Fiat and go and get the biggest Christmas tree and yep. put it in the car. The second tradition is they always take me for Mother's Day lunch, dinner, and mm -hmm. it's just kids and I. No matter if Chris is working or not, mm -hmm. he's excluded. Yeah. So they're coming to, and we're going, four of us, Chris, uh, Rob, Nick, Nick, Nicole mm -hmm. and Nicholas yep. and I, we're going for dinner tomorrow. Cool. So I love that. And Nicholas is coming because he loves that tradition. Yeah. So. Well, and he loves you as his mom. Yeah. Yeah. But it's. Because you're one of his moms. Yeah, I know. But he calls me his parent. Does he? Yeah. yeah. That's pretty cool, eh? Yeah. yeah. I bet you that. Is that like a step parent's like dream? Me? Yeah. Yeah, I am. Yeah. 
I can believe, yeah, I believe that because yeah. I could see how that would be like really cool. Yeah, because yeah. it's I'm honest with him. Yeah. It's just, uh, you know, honest and and it's uh, I wasn't honest for a long, long time with Rob, and mm-hmm. that's why. And maybe Nicholas gets the benefits of me learning mm-hmm. because I thought, oh, it's okay if something was not okay, I would protect Rob, thinking that I'm protecting him from something. And, you know, it's Mm -hmm. not real parenting, parenting. And with Nicholas, because he was already adult, he always, I always told him, like, don't look at at the beginning when we were like, who are you? Where Mm -hmm. do they say, I'm not your parent, I'm extra adult in your life. Mm -hmm. And it turns out that the extra adult in his life knows more about him than his real, you know. Mm -hmm. And it was just honesty, um, honesty and truthfulness and talking mm-hmm. just yeah. talking and, and trust ex- right and trust yeah, yeah. but it, you know it always seems like you guys are the family that they were born to yeah like, honestly when you guys are together and i've seen you guys together probably like three or four times yeah. i think yeah but you guys always do it all you can't tell there's like a connection right there's yeah. a connection a closeness and i think you just said it it's because of honesty and trust right and and calmness i guess mm-hmm. with the recovery i got calm I got really like, it came not right away, but Mm -hmm. I've noticed the last two years, I'm just so calm. Mm -hmm. It's just like, okay, whatever. It's not whatever happens, happens. It's just like, it's better to deal with everything when you calm and serene and just Mm -hmm. letting go of what, it's just like, it's so much better, easier. Yeah. And with calm, everybody around you is calm. You know, Mm -hmm. when you have, Chris, Rob, Nick, Nicholas, and Star, the dog in the house, the, the, the and they all talk very loud, mm-hmm. and they try to out loud each other. <laughs> so sometimes house can be very woo mm-hmm. loud, and um, so I'm trying to like lately it's been quieter, calmer because mm-hmm. the energy is even out, and it's it's cool. Cool. It's cool. Yeah, I never thought I'd be a stepmom. I never yeah. thought I'd be a good stepmom because my dad was terrible stepfather mm. yeah. to my sister. He was a monster. So mm. uh, I guess I'm my own person. Yeah. I'm not lear- like I've had to learn by myself for myself how to be me. Mm-hmm. And you do a hell of a job of being you. Thank you, Magda. You're welcome. Thanks for baby. coming. You're welcome. Right on. We would like to remind you that the opinions shared are those of the individuals and not representative of Freedom's Path Recovery Society or any other affiliation we may share with organizations or individuals. Thank you, Wild Rose United Church, for your open-hearted giving to the community at large in a multitude of ways. You have graciously provided space and love for us to work within, and we cannot thank the staff, volunteers, and members of the church enough for all that they do each and every day. Thank you again, Darcy Robinson. As usual, your work is incredible. Thanks for donating it to us. I am not here without each of our board of directors, Trent Baker, Todd Deer, Christine Pimiskern, Heather Morijo, Wayne Lurie, and John James. To all of the individuals who graciously donate their money and time to helping Freedom's Path become a society and now a charity, thank you. Who is Freedom's Path? We work directly with individuals and families struggling and suffering with addiction of all types, mental illness, codependency, and a multitude of difficulties humans bring forward as they attempt to make life-altering changes. 
If you are interested in attending our upcoming or future groups, being a guest on the podcast, or looking to make a donation or help in some other way, please contact us through our website, www.freedomspathrecoverysociety.ca, or find us on Facebook at Freedoms Path Recovery Society. If you are close to giving up, regardless of what your difficulty might be, please reach out to someone. You can always give up tomorrow, or maybe you won't have to. To anyone listening, imagine that your voice might be the only one someone hears inside their darkness. What is it you would like to say? As for me, I'm David Lurie, and I wish you all the best, wherever you are. Be safe and try to have some fun, because our time here is quite limited after all.